started a brand new series called Battleborn. And oh man, I'm fired up about this series. Uh, a lot of you have seen the promo going around Facebook and Instagram as well. And we're just, I'm very excited about this series. We're, we're, it really kind of has a, a tagline to it, Battleborn, an opportunity, not a death sentence. And uh, I'm going to explain that over the next five weeks, but it's going to be an amazing five weeks of ministry. You don't want to miss a week. And um, it's really going to build your faith. This is 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, I'm going to be hanging in 1 Samuel 17 for five weeks. I encourage you, read it at home. Uh, get familiar with it. I'm going to be referencing a lot of verses, but these verses that I'm going to read are kind of the meat of the whole story. It says this, don't worry about this Philistine. This is 1 Samuel 17, 32. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club, and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. Dang. It's like David was from Boulder City or something. I don't know. Pahrump. I don't know. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw, club it to death. I've done this to lions. I've done this to bears. I'll do this to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Now this is Acts 13 verse 22, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a God focus, a God focus. Can you find someone around you? Just let them know, I have a God focus. Can you tell them that? I have a God focus. I have a God focus. I have a God focus. Father, in Jesus' name, speak now. Build our faith. Lift our eyes and encourage our hearts. Thank you that though that giant seems so big that it could never fall. In reality, it's, it's so big we cannot miss. <laughs> and I thank you that every giant falls in the name of Jesus. Everyone said amen and amen and amen. Uh, Acts that, uh, chapter 13, verse 22 is very special to me. It's uh, really the first scripture that I ever at least remember memorizing. I've been saved now. Uh, this summer I celebrated 20 years walking with the Lord. And Acts 13 was one of the most important scriptures to me as a young Christian, because I think it says so much about who God is and so much about our relationship to God and how he interacts with his people. It says, I have found David. I have found. Uh, that's really good news because it lets me know that God knows where I am. <laughs> that when I'm lost, God isn't lost. And that when I cannot trace God, God's, God knows exactly where I am. God knows your address. God knows where you are. Uh, God has never lost one of his sheep. He, he knows you and he knows where you are. He knows where you're at. And it's really good news because it says, I have found. That means that God is in a constant pursuit of his people. That before you ever become a God chaser, you got to know that God is a man chaser, that God is looking for you. And he's not looking for you to get you or to harm you, but rather he's trying to find you to bless you and to help you and to strengthen you and to move your life forward. I found David. David wasn't looking for God. God was looking for David and God will always find what he's looking for. I have found David. This is really good news because it lets me know that God knows my name. 
God knows me intimately. God knows me deeply and God loves me greatly. That God knows everything about me and he still loves me. God is not intimidated by the deep issues of my heart. God is not intimidated by my secrets, my struggles and my sins. But God knows me and God loves me and God calls me by name. He'll never look at you and go, what's your name again? He'll never look at you and go, hey you. No, no, no. He will always call you by name. He knows you deeply and he loves you greatly. I have found David. Now, this is really good news. Son of Jesse. Uh, If any of you come from a family background that's a little bit crazy, this is really good news for you because it lets me know that God knows not only me, but he knows daddy and mama and grandmama and Uncle Leroy and he knows Auntie Sally and he knows all the trouble from great grandpa. He knows every generational curse. He knows every generational struggle. He knows every addiction. He knows every proclivity. He knows every bent. He knows every secret. He knows every struggle. He knows every skeleton in every closet of every person attached to my last name and he loves me anyway and he's called me anyway and he doesn't look at me and go, I wanna use you but I can't because of your family. He says, I supersede your family tree because of the tree on Calvary. And I know, I know who your earthly father is, but I'm your heavenly father. And my word over you trumps any word that has ever been spoken over you. I know you. I know where you come from. And I'm going to use you anyway. But I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. But I don't have the pedigree. But I don't have this. But I don't have that. No, 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 no. You have a call from God. And that's all you need. I know I'm preaching already, but are anybody grateful for it? I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Because God is all about heart. God doesn't call you because of your intellect, your talent, your skill, your anointing. God doesn't call you because you know how to pray the right way or because you know how to sing the right note or because, because of any of those things, God does not call us according to the color of our skin or how much money is in our bank accounts or, or our pedigree or any of that or who you know or who you don't know. No, 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 no. God is looking for heart. God says, if I, I'm just looking for anybody with a heart that's after me. He said it like this in chapter 16 of that same book. He said that man looks on the outward appearance, but I'm looking at the heart because God is a heart God. And he said, if you would just lean in my direction, a man after my own heart, if you would get after my heart, if you would just lean an inch in the direction of God, I promise you he will move heaven and earth to get to you and to do something amazing in your life. You don't have to be smart enough or good enough. You just have to be willing. The Bible said in Isaiah chapter one, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And I I would submit to you that if you're willing, you will be obedient. And without willingness, there is no obedience. But if you would just have a willing heart towards God, God can do something amazing with your life. I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. That's all past stuff, and I thank God for it. But I'm really grateful that he also has a plan for my future. And he will do everything I want him to do. And so when God, call, when God saves me, he also calls me. When, when, when God forgives me, he also destines me. When, when, when God erases my past, he's writing my future. 
he's doing it at the same time. With one hand, he has the eraser out and he is taking out all the things that I'm ashamed of. But with the other hand, he's already writing my future and preparing something amazing for me. So like what Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you're not just saved, you're saved and called. And I've come to tell everybody in this room, you're saved and called. And I know calling is kind of a youth group word. Well, Jabin, you tell the teenagers they're called. No, you're called too, 80-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old, 70-year-old, 40-year-old, 20-year-old. There's a call on your life too that the rest of your life can be used into the hand of God and into the call of God that you weren't just called as a teenager and now you're figuring it out, but that the call of God is still upon you and you can do, no matter your history, no matter what you've done, you can do everything God wants you to do. But life is all about choices. Yeah, we, we, we choose this or we choose our own way. I, I wish it wasn't so black and white. I wish it was grayer than this. But we choose God's way or we choose the world's way. Uh, we, we, we choose the Jesus way or we choose the way of the flesh. We, we're either, we're either going to, he, he said it like this in Deuteronomy Today I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Um, and then God gives us this little hint. He goes, if I was you, I would choose life because it's going to bless you and your children. <laughs> but it's all about choices. Life is all about choices. We, we see how one man, just one person can bring so much destruction to a family or even to a region or city from, from a drunk driver that wrecks a family, all the way to a terrorist who harms hundreds and hundreds of people in a city. We see how one man, we see how one person in a marriage can just give up on their family and give up on their spouse and walk away and run off with another person. Just, just, one, person, just one person can bring so much pain, so much destruction. We see how one person can give themselves over to violence or give themselves over to darkness, give themselves over to the flesh, and they can bring so much damage to, to a family or to a person or even to a region or city. One, just, one per, just one person who, who goes the way of darkness can do so much damage. And it got me thinking, if one person can bring so much damage, what could the people of light do <laughs> to bring hope and healing and restoration, and life, and light to a city. If, if one person can go crazy and terrorize a city, what could hundreds and hundreds of Christians do who are filled with the light of God, the love of God, the purpose of God, the call of God? What could we do to change the atmosphere of a whole region? But life is all about choices. One preacher said it like this, life is about 10% what happens to you and 90% your response. See, when David woke up the morning he fought Goliath, he had no idea he was going to fight Goliath. Jesse wrestled that teenager out of bed and he said, hey, I need you to go bring some food to your brother. So he gave him a bag of bread and a bag of cheese. You could read this in the Bible. And David gets that bread, he gets that cheese, and he begins to walk to the battle, not to fight, but to simply do the task that his father had for him. He, on that day, did not choose his Goliath, he did not choose what was about to happen to him. Listen, he didn't choose his fight. 
But he was going to have to choose to fight. So on the screen like this, you don't choose your giants. Usually your giants choose you. <laughs> you didn't know you were going to walk into that fight. You didn't know you were going to walk into that storm. You didn't know you were going to, you were going to have to deal with this unexpected issue. You didn't, you didn't choose it. God didn't send it. But here it is. Now what do I do? Please don't die as a victim to your circumstance because you're angry with your fight. Don't live the rest of your life shaking your fist at heaven, mad at your giant. Because God is bigger than your giant. And giants come, but giants go. And giants rise, but giants will fall. And that giant seems too Big to lose, but in reality, he's too big to miss. Am I preaching anybody? So, so let me define a giant. Let me define a giant. No, I'm really going to preach because I feel, I feel this today. A giant is the thing the enemy has assigned to distract you, discourage you, and deter you from inheriting everything God has for you. So there's this promised land in front of you, Joshua. We talked about this last week. There's this, there's this place in front of you. There's this, there's this promise that God has for you. But then there's these giants that rise up to distract and to discourage and to deter you. Last week, we talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, right? That Paul said, there's this open door of opportunity and there's great opposition same time. Open door, opposition. Opposition, open door. They're happening at the same time. You would think the open door means no more opposition, but in reality, the opposition is proof. The opposition you see with your eyes is proof of the open door that you see with your spirit. So some of you are going, it's 2019. I know it's going to be my year. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can wait. What's this opposition? No, that's proof that what you And, it's, and, and the giant is assigned by the enemy, not by God, and not even by you. So the Bible said in verse 16 of chapter 17 that for 40 days and 40 nights, listen, 40 days, 40 nights, 40 days, 40 nights, 40 days, 40 nights, the giant would walk out onto the battle lines. 40 days, 40 nights, 40 days, 40 nights, 40 days, 40 nights, 40 days, 40 nights. Um, just a little tip, your enemy is consistent. Your enemy is disciplined. <laughs> Goliath never slept in. Every morning <laughs> and every night and every morning and every night. This is why I, I'll never feel guilty and I'll never feel legalistic about telling you, you need to read your Bible. My mama called it a quiet time. Anybody, anybody remember quiet time? Come on, so you need a quiet time because it's your quiet time that's going to quiet the mouth of your giant. If you don't get quiet, that giant's going to keep on talking every morning, every night, every morning, every night, every morning, every night. Your giant is consistent. Your giant is disciplined. And here's what he's doing. Verse 23 says he, he went out every morning, every night, went out to the battle lines and began to speak his usual taunts. That word taunt means threats. He had a script. Uh -huh. He had a, some of y'all like, oh my God, I know what's going on now in my life. Yes, thank you, I'm helping you. He had a tailor-made 
word to strike fear in the hearts of Israel. He knew exactly what he needed to say to scare them. He knew exactly what he needed to say to make sure they never stepped into battle. He knew exactly what he knew exactly what he had a tailor-made word week after week for some of you, month after month for some of you, for some of you year after year. See, see, here's another tip about your enemy. Your enemy is a talker. And your enemy would love to never even have to use the sword or the javelin. He would love to never even have to use the shield or his armor. He would love to talk you out of it. That's why Joyce Meyer said the battlefield is in the mind because most of our fights are right here. But see, they're going on right here, but they're, but they're broken with this. So the enemy talks and you better learn to talk back. Because if you don't talk back, he's just going to keep talking and filling your mind. And you're going to be defeated before you ever even do anything. And see, and if the enemy has a tailor-made word to stop you from your promise, that means that God has a tailor-made word to get you into your promise. But if the enemy's talking, you're going to have to talk. And if the enemy's speaking, you're going to have to speak. This is, this is like old school confession preaching right here. And I, and I know a lot of you maybe have never even heard of this stuff before. This is why I'm always going, say amen, come on sing, come on shout, come on praise, come on, let's pray. And I'm always, and I'm always trying to get you to use your mouth because it's no good here. It's got to leave here because that's where, see, Goliath, it, Goliath wasn't just looking at him. He was talking to him. It wasn't necessarily that he was nine foot tall that scared him. It was the voice that was coming out of his mouth that frightened them to such a point that they couldn't do anything. And the enemy's talking to you. And, for, and he's got a tailor-made word. For some of you, he's saying, you can't do it. You'll never make it. You'll always be this way, or it will always be this way, or God is mad at you or or you've made too many mistakes or you're too old or you're too young what whatever it is that the enemy knows he can put on you to stop you from taking the step and running into the battle to see the victory he's gonna he's gonna try to stop you with his words before he ever has to pull out a sword this is where this is where it's happening right now that I'm bringing a lot of clarity to a lot of you right now because you're going, okay, now I'm, I'm figuring it out. And I'm not preaching on necessarily on Goliath today or preaching on the devil. I'm pretty much done with that. Now I'm going to give you keys, okay, to victory. And, and this first week, I'm talking about a God focus, a God focus, not a giant focus, a God focus, not a devil focus, a Jesus focus, not a, not a fight focus, a God focus. So let me give you three things about this when a giant decides to rise up in your life. Number one, God sees and God cares. Okay. It isn't till verse 26 that we finally see God in the story. Verse 26 verses. Goliath is talking about Israel. Israel's talking about Goliath. Ain't nobody talking about God. Have y'all ever met that Christian? Oh, the economy. And all the Democrats, oh, Trump. And all the Republicans, it's still Obama. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) stop. It's Schumer. It's Pelosi. It's Sanderson. It's this. this. Stop. Oh, Vegas. America. 2019, stop, 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 stop talking about what, what seems to be the fruit of the issue. 
and get to the root, you got to get back to God. You have convinced yourself, um, my, my diabetes, it's not yours. <laughs> well, you know, with my cancer, it's not yours. Jesus put that on his back. Okay. I'm trying to get you to, because, because we hold on to things. Okay. My giant, my Goliath. And we begin to form identity around it. Oh, man, I feel the anointing right now. I'm trying not to preach, but I'm only in point one. I got to keep moving. David finally goes, okay, this is spiritual. Verse 26, he's defying the living God. This is a God issue, not just a natural issue. If it's spiritual, okay, ooh, this is going to help you. If it's spiritual, then to God it's personal. Y'all remember when when Jesus showed up to Saul, New Testament Saul, Acts chapter 9, he goes, hey, why are you persecuting me? Why are you messing with me? Saul goes, I don't even know who you are. I ain't persecuting me. He goes, no, I'm Jesus, who you've been persecuting. Saul never touched Jesus. But the moment you touch the body of Christ, you touch the head of Christ. Jesus said, the moment you started persecuting my people, I took it personally. Yes. <sighs> See, Goliath's biggest mistake, I'm already in week five, but Goliath's biggest mistake is that he ever touched Israel. Because the moment he touched Israel, he touched God. <laughs> what if in 2019, we got a God focus? What, what, if, we just, what if we just changed our focus? David knew God. And because he knew God, he knew God cared. And because he knew God, he knew that God wanted to move in his life. My pastor says it all the time. Jensen Franklin says all the time. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Get a God focus. And you got to know that God sees and that God cares. Number two, my life is moving in the direction of my focus. My life, my life is moving in the direction of my focus. So, so David goes, yo, guys, I want to go. Um, put me in coach. I got a sling. I got a couple of stones. I'm ready. Let's go. And, and here's what Saul and the army says back to him in verse 25. They go, um, Dave, have you, have you seen him? He big. <laughs> you small. <laughs> See, because for 40 days and 40 nights, there's Goliath. I mean, there's Saul just living under the shadow of his giant. Let me tell you what happened for 40 days and 40 nights. Saul got smaller. Goliath got bigger. And the Israel got weaker. And Goliath got stronger. Because your life is moving in the direction of your focus. Whatever you focus on is getting bigger. That's why David said, magnify the Lord. When you magnify the Lord, God doesn't get bigger. He gets bigger to you. When you magnify something, it doesn't get bigger. It gets bigger to you. When you start worshiping God, it's not that the problem gets smaller or God gets bigger. It's that you get the proper perspective. 
It's that you finally see God for who he is and you see the giant for who it is. So whatever you're focusing on gets bigger. And so for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath is living under the shadow, excuse me, Saul's living under the shadow of this giant. But for the last 40 days and 40 nights, David's been out in the backside of a wilderness somewhere worshiping God. So I put it like this, you will live under the shadow of the giant or you will live under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It wasn't, it wasn't that David was bigger than Goliath. It was just that Goliath was smaller than God. <laughs> like you will face things that are bigger than you. They're just not bigger than God. <laughs> they're, they're, they're above your pay scale. Just not above God's pay scale. It, it, it intimidates you. It just doesn't intimidate God. And so David kept his eyes on God. Have you ever been somewhere in public, maybe walking through the mall or whatever, and, and someone's walking towards you and they start waving? And you don't know them, but they're waving at you, right? So... Uh, you, doing? you know, this happens, I'm like, oh, this must be a person in my church, you know what I mean? Hi, how you doing? You know, you start waving back, and then they walk around you and say hi to somebody. And you go, oh, oh. And you're just praying nobody saw the holes, right? They, they, were, they were looking beyond you. I could just imagine David roll up to the battle lines. And he goes, wow, he's big. And Goliath goes, yeah, thank you. Wow, he's huge. What a warrior. Yeah, thank you. I've been a man of war since my youth. Yeah. Wow, he is awesome. Oh, yeah, thanks, thanks. Oh, no, no. Oh, Goliath, excuse me, sir. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to God. Because there's a shadow that's cast over both of us, and it's the shadow of Almighty God. Come on, take a praise break right now. Give God praise. You might be bigger than me, but you're not bigger than God. Hey! So I'm not going to be, I, I, know, I, know this is, I know this is out of my realm of expertise, but it's, it's, it's miracle ground for God. <sighs> but you got to you gotta keep your eyes on him. You got you to gotta keep your focus on him. Hebrews 12 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You have to, you got to keep your eyes on him. You got to keep your eyes on him. You got to keep your eyes on him. Like we have on our, on our I think our pan, like on Pandora and, and, and iTunes radio and stuff, you can actually type in City Light Vegas. We've actually created worship playlists for you because uh, like tomorrow, don't just get in your car and just turn on the talk radio or turn on, you know, country music or turn on <laughs> rap or whatever you listen to. And I, I'm not against any of it. I listen to all of it. But there are moments in life where you got to go, I need a God focus. Like, I don't need this right now. I need a, I need a God 
I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. And as you magnify the Lord, he starts getting bigger to you. And everything else starts getting smaller. (laughs) This is what happened the first time I ever went on an airplane. As we went higher and higher, I looked out and I looked at my mom and I said, look at all those ants on the ground. And she said, baby, those are cars. Because something that was so much bigger than me all of a sudden got so much smaller than me when my perspective changed. And some of you have been on the ground floor too long and it's time to get to 30,000 feet and it's time to get to a higher place in God. That's why, that's why I will not apologize for looking at every one of you and going, you need to be here on Wednesday night for prayer. You gotta get here. Why? Because I'm, try, I'm actually trying to lift your eyes. I'm trying to get you off of ground floor where that thing is coming at you so fast and it's so big and it's so strong and it just feels like, is there any way? And what you need to do is you need to get higher in God so that that thing that was so much bigger than you, all of a sudden you see it in proper perspective and it's no longer that intimidating. Number three, I got to end. I got to end. Come on up. I got to end. A God focus brings a God opportunity. <laughs> Leave that up for a second. A God focus brings God opportunities. I, I, I love David because I think he speaks to a part in all of us that we don't want to admit. Um. Because we just love the Lord, praise the Lord. We just humble. We just, we just glad we're going, to, we're going to heaven. Hallelujah. If the Lord never does another thing for me, he's done enough. Hallelujah. And that's great. That's a great attitude. I thank God you have it. But I think there's, a, there's something in all of us. There's a verse 26 in all of us. And here's what verse 26 says. David goes, hey, so, uh, so what does the guy get if he kills this guy? What's the reward? Like, what do, I, what do I get out of this? And, and, I, and I know we're not supposed to talk like that in church, and we're just supposed to be grateful. And, but there's actually a verse 26, I think, in, in our soul, and God didn't rebuke David for it. God wasn't like, David, you need to do this for me because you just love the Lord. <laughs> David said, so what, and, and, and God said, there's going to be a blessing financially. There's going to be a blessing relationally. It's going to be a blessing on your family. Just think, I mean, we could just go through the blessings that David got for Goliath. Maybe I'll do that for a week. (laughs) David said, what's the reward? I think some of y'all are thinking, so what, what, what do I get if I tithe? So like, tell me what's going to happen if I go to Wednesday night prayer. So like, what, what's, if, if I do this, if I do this 21 day devotional with you, what, what? What's going to happen? What if I do serve God? What if I do, what if I get my family in church every Sunday? What? What what do I get if I run towards the giant and not away from him? (laughs) See, the, the battle might hurt a little bit. It might be a little inconvenient. It might be a little uncomfortable. Oh, but it's worth it. I looked at uh, Friday night. Pastor Mitch and I had the opportunity, went to the Hope for Prisoners graduation uh, with John Ponder, and they're graduating 40 uh, people who've just got out of jail, and they're beginning now this huge journey, 18-month journey, of really turning their lives around so that they don't become a repeat offender. And it's, a, it's an amazing program. We give, we, meaning you and I, we give financially every month to Hope for Prisoners, and I got to speak on Friday. 
And I said, guys, the, the, the season that's in front of you is not going to be easy. Because you've never done it before. You've never, you've never lived the way that this organization is going to call you to live. It's, it's new. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be stretching. It's going to be out of your comfort zone. I said, but you're going to have to decide if you want to choose the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. David, you might run at that giant and it might feel very intimidating. But I'd rather give it a shot than run back to the fields, grab my guitar and wonder what could have happened if I would have believed God. What's the reward? Well, the reward is right here in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Does he give me a perfect life? No. Does he give me victory? Yes. Provision? Yes. Peace? Yes. Power? Yes. Prosperity? Yes. Protection? Yes. Perfection? No. Always comfortable? Not always. Always convenient? Not always. But he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek, not casually seek him. What if, you, what if, we, just did, what if we just were a little less casual this year and a little more diligent? Just like one more, what if it's just time to shift to one more gear that you've never gone to before? You've never went in a fifth. You've never went in overdrive. You've never went. God says, I'll reward you. And David said, man, this, this reward is worth it. <laughs> and I just want to tell you, the reward is worth it. The reward for the life of faith is worth it. <laughs> Can I get an amen from it? Any seasoned saints know that it's worth it. Come on, anybody been around God long enough to know this is worth it? I've never met a Christian at the end of their life that went, man, I should have been an atheist. Never. Never. Every believer that has walked with, with God their whole life, we all have the same, they all have the same testimony. I'm going to have this testimony too. We all have the same testimony. It's 2 Timothy when Paul goes, I fought the good fight. I run the race. I kept my faith. And now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall award to me on that day. And not only to me, not only to the apostle or the preacher, but to all who long for his appearing. It's worth it. It's worth it. What's the reward if I stick it out with this marriage? <laughs> we fought for two marriages this year specifically in my life that I've fought for with, with friends where I've had to look at guys face to face and go, I'm begging you don't sign that paper I'm begging you don't leave I'm begging you sleep in that bed tonight I'm begging you don't leave the house I'm begging you and both of those guys now a year out of it are so grateful that they put a little diligence into their marriage. 
They had to go through hell. They did some dumb things. They said some dumb things. But they got to the point where they go, I can either run from this giant or I can run right at him. And they ran right at him. And they're both on the other side. Oh man, it's worth it. What's the reward? Your family. Blessing. The hand of God on your life. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it in Jesus' name. More than conquerors. Born to win. We are battle born. And this shine is not a death sentence. It's an opportunity for promotion. The house of Jesse was forever changed because of this boy's obedience. And your house is forever changed because of your obedience to God. 